Fearless. 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 Fearless Presence. I am very excited today to have Sensei Victoria Whitfield with me. And Victoria and I have spoken a number of times before. We're in a couple of groups together and have gotten very friendly. And we could talk to you all day long. (laughs) And so, but we are going to (laughs) attempt to put a container on it today. Sensei Victoria Whitfield is an energy master coach for creative entrepreneurs and leaders. As the world's first business Reiki master and hostess of the five-star Journeypreneur podcast on iTunes, Sensei Victoria Whitfield helps creative entrepreneurs and leaders stay grounded and clear as they navigate the emotional roller coaster of business development by practicing and integrating the power of strategic meditation into their business development and operations systems. And welcome, Victoria. I love this because fundamentally, I think anyone struggles with leadership when they can't connect the tactical to the esoteric. And we're so inundated with the tactical that we need that esoteric support. We need someone to help create that bridge. And I know that's a huge part of what you do. Mm -hmm. Oh my goddess. I just love the way you articulate yourself. You're my favorite. So true. Like being able to bridge the tactical and the esoteric and leadership, like what drops in for me around that is, okay, who am I following as the leader? And having that metaphysical, right, or above data feedback that helps me ground and align so that I can be a safe person to follow, not only for myself, but also for the people who I happen to be leading, right? And having that clear bridge between the two gives us the ability to navigate when different oscillations and vicissitudes of life knock us a little bit off of course. How do we find alignment? There's a certain amount of alignment we can get from tactics, but tactics don't always have roots that go deep enough for some of us as leaders as we're out there on like that cutting edge of creation. And so that's when we tap into concepts, frameworks, philosophies, visions, and ideologies that really help us to really put our rudder down and find where's our true north. Do you find though that when people struggle that their vision and philosophy and those softer aspects of their leadership become ungrounded. Yes, very much so. So here's the thing. It's it's very profitable for our leaders to be ungrounded. It's very profitable and popular for our leaders to be ungrounded. All right. So just like, let's pause on that. It's very popular and profitable for our leaders to be ungrounded. Explain that. Yeah. Yeah. So this gives you, so it's not profitable for the person leading. Let's be clear. Um, and if it's your company that you're leading, it's not profitable for your company for you to be ungrounded as, as a leader. It's profitable for those who would love to use you as a puppet or a cog in their grand scheme and machine. So it's popularized 
to, okay, we're going to take all of the marketing data. We're going to take all of the feedback. And there's a, a certain level of being able to hear what people have to say and give and receive the feedback. And there's another layer of, do you have roots that can weather the storm of feedback and marketing data so that there are certain trends that are saying, go this way, go do this thing over here so that you blend into the popular conversation of what is acceptable versus playing an infinite game, putting down roots that I will not lose my essence as the winds of trends blow, right? And who is behind the winds of trends that are blowing? Whoever is behind the winds of trends blowing, that's who's making the profit of, okay, if I can sway companies and leaders to go this route into alignment with what benefits this overarching agenda, you know, trying not to get into some sort of conspiracy theory thought. And it profits the blower of the wind. It doesn't profit the individual leader to follow where is the trend, to be not confident, grounded, stable, and centered. It profits the the blower, not the leader. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. Because often it, it can be really tempting to follow those trends because they can be profitable, but then you lose your authenticity to yourself. And we see this so often, or I've seen it at least very often in people that, you know, I'll say like more, especially in more esoteric or people that are really amazingly intuitive and have beautiful, beautiful soft skills. And then they get drawn into a particular direction and become a version of themselves that is, is unrecognizable ultimately. Mm-hmm. And so is it, where do you think, does that come from or, or talk about where authenticity and deepest purpose and kind of, you know, and being able to capitalize on things that are happening out in society that people really need help with and that you might have an amazing product or skill for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, finding the overlap because we can be the magical guru in an an ivory tower talking to the angels. And that feels amazing to us as individuals being the magical guru in an ivory tower speaking to the angels. And for the people who come and visit the ivory tower, that's this is exciting and interesting and it's a hidden gem and oh my gosh. And this person talking to the angels in an ivory tower doesn't solve any of the problems that I face right now. So without the problem solving, we fall into the entertainment arena, which, okay, uh, arguably, right, if we're to put on the devil's advocate hat, okay, entertainment does solve the problem of boredom. But when we're talking about deepest purpose, like when when you're asking that level um, of a question, and I see this a lot in my community as well of like heart-centered, energy-sensitive leaders and entrepreneurs, what can happen is we fall into a bit of an artist's trap where it's more about the pleasure of creation, being a leader or being in business, calling ourselves leaders and calling ourselves business owners is about the process of creation. As an artist, we can get distracted by that along along the path, unfortunately, and miss, like, miss out on being able to solve problems of and catch currents of markets that are already flowing, right? So there's like, I think about the the entrepreneurs um, and leaders that I serve of how 
many of them are, how do you say, ideapreneurs or experts. And we have an aha moment of like, this is the thing that is the thing. <laughs> and we get super excited about it and we get branding to show that this is the thing and look at how slick the thing is to me. And uh, then we get the all the platforms to shout from the platforms that this is the thing. Like I have in my family, actually, I'm directly related to a few inventors who have invented things and look at the things that we've invented and not made a bit of money, not because it's not a great thing that you've brought into existence and created, but the market is we didn't receive the flow, right? The current of the market. The vision that I get from my spirit guides is kind of like if you want to travel by raft, by raft in particular, this is not like a sailboat, but you want to travel by raft. Is it easier to go upstream, downstream, or on land? If you want to travel by raft, you keep your raft on land, you're going to be scraping along the ground, trying to create a pathway because there's no flow. And this is the artist's and inventor's dilemma of like, okay, I have a thing, right? I've created a thing and let me generate excitement and conv pitch people to care about the thing, right? It's like akin to traveling by raft on land. And there's another layer then of, okay, we're on raft and see there's a river. So for example, I like, I'm going to serve entrepreneurs. There is a flowing river that flows from north to south. But for some reason, I get in my head, I'm going to serve entrepreneurs in this river. And so I'm going to put my raft in the river and I'm going to get my pole and struggle against the grain of what they're asking for going upstream because it's a river versus letting go of the pole and following, allowing the raft to flow downstream, you catch that current of market interest and need, but it's still your raft and you're still on it. You can dock whenever you want. You could put your pole down and say, all right, I've reached my destination. This is still your essence is intact, but you're riding the wave of currency or how do you say relevance to the market um, that you've chose. So this, like, this is the image that comes up for me. Like how yeah. overlap? Yeah. Well, and I love that image of currents giving you currency. Yeah. You know, because I think those words are, you know, can be really magical together. I love that, that wordplay. So I know that you talk a lot about psychic expenditure too. And we all as entrepreneurs all know that the efforting that goes in, we've all tried to paddle upstream at some point. And, but talk about the psychic expenditure, because I think this is really a, a piece of burnout that people don't widely recognize and understand and that is absolutely critical to identify and address. Oh my goodness. And I'm so glad that you're dovetailing into psychic expenditure off of this image too around currency, right? Because thinking, coming back to that image of, all right, I'm traveling by raft and I'm going to put in effort, like how much effort am I going to put in or do I have to? put in an order to travel by raft. 
So the expenditure we understand in this situation is effort, right? Or if we want to even make it even more concrete to think of psychic expenditure in gold coins of like moments of mental effort, moments of if for every moment of mental effort, there's a gold coin or a dollar that is being spent. However, someone listening in wants to image this in their mind. And so in the first image then of traveling by land on a raft of like, there's no river, we're just going to scrape along. You can imagine that maybe you're spending thousands of coins or thousands of dollars in psychic expenditure because you're trying to figure out, okay, I got to get around that tree. And then how am I going to get this raft to be able to move across dry ground? And then this one has an incline and this has a rock and I don't want to break my raft because it's mine and I made it. And like there's all this extra mental (laughs) negotiation that you have being in a default environment. I'm going to start a business and I'm going to serve Everybody, that is running your raft on dry land, scraping along, right? And let me just try and scrape and get by, right? Being in alignment with, how do you say, like, let me just try to pay my bills or just barely get a ROI kind of an approach like that lack mentality of scraping along the land. And so that's thousands of gold coins or dollars of psychic expenditure, mental efforting that we're spending in that first scenario. And then, okay, we find a river instead. So this the raft is more conducive to being on a river. So maybe instead of spending thousands of dollars or thousands of gold coins trying to effort going up a river, at least it's water, Right. So there is a way when there's a will, there's a way we can muscle if we really want to. Right. Salmon teaches us you can you can swim upstream. You can swim upstream. And at the same time, instead of thousands of dollars or gold coins, you're spending, I would have to say, still a good hunt, like several hundred, like hundreds of hundreds of bits of your creativity and intelligence of, okay, so there's a wrap in here. Let me plan for that. Or where do I put my pole in order to get the most leverage, right? Or how many poles do I need in order to get the most leverage to go upstream? All this psychic expenditure is working harder than necessary versus a nice fat mm, zero to maybe 10 gold coins or dollars of lifting up your pole and going with where we're flowing, right? Allowing the current to carry you into relevance, right? And, and, and into agreement with your market. And, you know, okay, it's not going to be total zero, but every so often you may need to put your pole down, right? Make a statement about who you are and to pivot, to stay on course because it's your course, but at least you're heading in alignment with the flow of the market, aka the river. And that way you have a much lower psychic expense. So if let's say you have a finite bank account or your Fort Knox is limited, newsflash, your Fort Knox of psychic currency has a limited amount of gold coins in it or a limited amount of dollars. And so if you're spending it by the thousands, you're going to drain your Fort Knox quickly. If you're spending it by the hundreds, you're still eating into it versus where you're If you're spending it by the tens, you'll have a lot more longevity. And this is 
is where we can transition from playing a finite game in business with your purpose to playing an infinite game is buying more longevity to continue and stay in the game as opposed to just like, oh, I won scraping my graft on the ground when no one else could. Uh (laughs) Yes. No, well, and this you know, like it makes me think that like swimming upstream is great if you're a salmon, but if you're not a salmon, you shouldn't be swimming upstream, (laughs) you know, and for our human, (laughs) (laughs) you know, we're in our human form. It is, yeah. Trying to be something you're not is something, you know, we all do. And we're, we, you know, we get in our own way and so many creative and clever and hilarious and tragic and terrible and beautiful ways. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. And this is why I love the work that you do, Melanie, because you really help people find their flow and alignment at a very deep core level so that they can lead from that state. Like there's, you're amazing at finding like the sneaky ways <laughs> on a, like a soul star level, right? In a, uh, like in an inner astral, astrological, like an inner astrological. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that seeing in the dark is one of my favorites, you know, is certainly my favorite thing to do. And tell me how you use Reiki with your clients or how you apply Reiki principles to business. Yes. Okay. So many ways. The The fastest way I would describe this, like, how do you say? In the most concise way, I would call Reiki lubricant. So it lubricates the sessions and the way that people interact with different information and concepts. It's it's a wonderful, emotional, physical, and phil- well, also philosophical, I can get into that too, lubricant for helping people stay in a flow state. So it's one of many tools that I use and it's quite frankly, one of my most favorite, right? It's something that I'll be dedicated to in personal practice for the rest of my life. I'm confident in that. But it's, I essentially see Reiki as mental and social lubricant. And I know that you have five core principles to Reiki or something like that. Like, could you talk about one or two of them just to sort of... Sure, absolutely. So the five Reiki principles are um, very simple core beliefs and assumptions to operate by. And their their simplicity does not belay the amount of power that they have. So like the, the five Reiki principles are as follows. Just for today, I will... And these are the five Reiki principles. Just for today, I will not be angry. Just for today, I will not worry. Just for today, I will be honest. Just for today, I will be grateful. And just for today, I will be kind. So there's many different ways to translate it from the original Japanese. But essentially, it's not angry, not worried. Yes, honest. (laughs) Uh, Yes, grateful. And yes, kind. And so when we take these five principles at their core and you commit to them on just for today, right? Just like that is also part of Reiki is like, I'm going to focus one day at a time. I've found that they kind of raise the floor on your quality of life. So this is starting with like the first one, just for today, I won't be angry. If I apply that to my business, if there is anything that is agitating me, 
annoying me, bothering me, disappointing me, or boiling in the background, I have got to take a no no task left behind approach. Like if, if just for today, I won't be angry, then that means like, I'm not only not making myself angry, I'm not making other people angry. I'm not allowing there to be anything that agitates me. Alone, that is a tall glass of water to drink. Oh, I, yes, I hear you. Well, there's so many places where we could get angry between the news and our childhoods and our, you know, personal lives and the world at large. Yeah. And technology kerfuffle and traffic or people saying they're going to do something and not, or not voicing displeasure or not voicing needs being met especially if they are contractually agreed to of like, Oh, well, you know, we signed the 50,000, $100,000 contract. And so already deep into it, I might as well just accept that this is what, how they work. A uh, no, no. I had a client of mine who um, signed up for a hundred thousand dollar contract and we got her out at 50 because they didn't make good on what their promises were. And these five Reiki principles underneath all of them are really about us staying in integrity. That makes me, if I stay in integrity, that makes me a safe person to work for. If I, Even if I'm a company of one, if I can have my integrity, I can follow myself. And now that I have 30 people who support me in my business, I'm also a safe person to follow for them. And we continue to work on that together. But it's because the principles hold us in a state of integrity so that if they need to be honest with me, right, or if I need to be honest with them, we understand that that is a shared value as a company. And if it's a shared value, that makes it lubricant for the communication that needs to happen, as well as lubricant for the team flow and operations, as well as lubricant for the attraction of our aligned clients, because radiating that integrity from the inside out, it shows it. You can tell <laughs> when someone is BSing themselves and or when the staff is like mm, behind closed doors. It's a sh- show. <laughs> right, right. Well, and I love what you're saying, because part of what I'm hearing in that is that this is a lot about building trust, trust within yourself and trust within your organization. And I know just from my business coach training that the data shows that organizations that build more trust make more money. It's so true. It's so true. It's kind of like the money is not afraid to flow to a structurally integrous, aka trustworthy and um, company. So I like to think of trust as like a container. Like what is the material that your container is made out of? It Can it handle what is being poured into the container? If it's porous, it won't be able to retain it. Whereas if it's solid, maybe it's like granite or something very non-porous or metal, it'll be able to receive all of what we're calling in. Trust is something that for me, I always think of in that almost like as a material scientist, like I like to think of trust as 
what we're made of so that we can receive what we're calling in. I love that idea of your container, creating the solid container, like you, because that also brings up boundaries that you've got very solid boundaries, you know, where you begin and someone else ends and you know what you're good at. And one of the things that I've been talking a lot about with people recently is we, you know, we, we speak a lot about the problems of having too much ego, but I feel like the problem of not having enough ego and not having an embodied ego is a much, much bigger problem. When we talk about too much ego, I would say that that's a disembodied ego, but really getting to own what you're good at and your, and your core values and your integrity and what you stand for and all those things is, is also part of your ego. And it's okay to put that forward. You don't have to be a contortionist to adapt to everybody else's standards. I love that. Love that. I want to, I want it on a (laughs) t-shirt. Yeah. I'm all about, I will tell you, I used to be the emotional contortionist and it's, <laughs> I was really good. And I'll tell you, it showed up in my body physically. Like I was flexible to a point that it was physically, that it was problematic. Like when I stretched my hamstrings, I could tell you I was stretching my vagus nerve or not my vagus nerve. But I was stretching my sciatic nerve. I could not get into my muscles Wow. or, and, or you know, I, and so I, I started doing Pilates and some other types of exercises that really got me that demanded a level of precision so that I could get back into my muscles and really load my bones in a way that like I needed the container of the Pilates reformer to solidify my own container, like running and doing other less structured exercise was not doing it for me. It wasn't, I I was because I could cheat around all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The precision of it is like a conversation that you're having with all of your corporation, right? Your corpse. You're having this detailed conversation with each muscle group, right? And isolating and hearing them. It's like a profound listening that I'm hearing and, and that brings out the unique gifts and unique strengths of each part of your bodily corporation, which in a business sense is a very beautiful and healing leadership technique as well to be able to listen deeply and to isolate the different strengths of the entire corporation, each department, each, each group within the, each individual within, because if we're just running, running, running the company, running the business, there's, how do you say, like a numbing that comes over the body in performance so that we don't have to pay attention to particular muscles, maybe because there's adrenaline, right? Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, if you're running your business in a particular way, you could be in a fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. And not in, you know, and not in a very grounded place and businesses, you know, I, like when I work with business owners, we talk about what's the heart of your business and what are the lungs and what are the kidneys? And, you know, we really kind of break down the body and the system, you know, we make your body, your map out the body of your business to then really look at where the blocks, where it's not flowing as a body. And we all know our businesses have a heart and a voice and a mind and, you know, and creativity and all the different things. And at the Supreme Court level, we named that corporations are, have the rights 
same rights as people. And so, you know, and naming is so powerful in that way that if we've named that business corporations are people that we need to start treating them that way mm-hmm. too. And that they really, you know, in my world, they are through my lens, they show up with a lot of the same health dysfunctions that people do just in archetypal terms. And I'm just curious how you use your Reiki training in terms of like your view of the body with, with your clients as well, or how you see, uh, I want to kind of loop back to the burnout discussion because your business is such an expression of your body. And if you don't have that psychic energetic alignment, it really just ends up being so depleting and shows up in very, very physical ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very much so. So what I love about what you just described is how you take the anatomical body and anatomical body systems and use them as as gateways for opening healing conversations and leadership. And for me, tapping into my Reiki tools, I tend to pull more from the channels and energy centers as opposed to the anatomical at like basing it off of the the anatomy. I base it more off of more of the, how do you say, Vajrayana, Tibetan Buddhist uh, chakra system. So looking more at the different energy centers and their representations, how they have flowing channels. And when the channels are blocked, what balancing, what energies, what education and awareness are necessary to open that block. And the blocks, by the way, when you think about energy blocks, uh, especially in the study of race, Everyone creates their own blocks. So there is a sense of personal ownership and there's also wisdom inside of the blocks. So they're they're not there because Satan hates you. there because you're you know something is against you or or whatever they're they're protecting something um they're there to equalize a grave imbalance and so in the practice of reiki we also um reiki is how do you say a non-intervention based therapy so if i'm massaging you right i'm physically intervening with the the muscle fibers right or or you know if you're rolfing you're intervening with like the bony as well but it, it like I'm, I'm physically intervening whereas with reiki there is no physical manipulation at maximum there's like a resting of the hands or an occasional light brush but it's meant to not be invasive the the manipulation instead comes from awareness and belief and so with that taking reiki principles that are based off of more of like the chakra type of system and we apply those principles to different areas of flow in the business as well as the individuals of the business and when we identify the blocks scanning through aka doing an audit so we have something called the in english is the biosense scan where you you just, you know, feel out to see where's there any, um, in Japanese called Byosen, right? So you scan to see if there's any areas of disturbance, but in a business context, that's taking an audit. <laughs> um, how do you feel about your business? How, how do you feel about your operations? How do you feel about your employees? How do you feel about yourself and your role? And how do you feel about your branding, etc.? So going through and scanning, when we find disturbances, it's the disturbances that are there calling for the 
the attention. And wherever your awareness goes, energy flows. And Reiki by design is to draw the awareness to the disturbance, expecting harmonization. Because if you just draw your awareness there, it will return to harmony. But without it, it won't. So I want to like, there are several things in there that I would love to tease out. The idea, well, one, just on that last point, yes, energetic dysfunction is so much like I, I describe it like a like a dog, like a puppy or a toddler that just wants a baby that just wants to be held and or petted, you know, to have some amount of attention. And then it can go, it'll go back to playing by itself mm-hmm. and it'll be happy. Often make think about the things that need to happen as way more complicated than just bringing your your attention to it. Can you talk for a minute about how easy change can be? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Um, So when we're aligned with maximizing impact and minimizing effort, change, it's like, it's as if it was waiting to happen. I'm like, oh, thank you. Finally. Right. Finally. And this is so in alignment with where um, we open, where you opened up the conversation around like tactical versus esoteric. Right. So, oh man, how I, I especially like I'm, I'm now flipping through my mental Rolodex of examples like this. Where do I begin? (laughs) Because there's so much psychic expenditure that we bleed, like we are bleeding coins, right? Or, or bleeding psychic dollars, avoiding looking at the problem and just tunnel vision, business operations is normal or muscling through. I'll sleep when I'm dead. So what, when I say it's, it says if the change was just waiting to happen, the ease of your awareness just coming to the one thing that needs to shift is actually kind of like a psychic refund. Because rather than blowing all of your currency on the distraction from what the real issue is, if you just turn the uh, your your line of awareness which is, that's what puts, let's say, imagine like the dollars or the coins coming out of your eyeballs and you're kind of like a shower head for coins or, or dollars. And so rather than looking at the distraction of like, well, we just got to send the emails, just got to send the emails. Meanwhile, this person on the team is causing huge disturbances because there's something about their role that has been undefined or, or, or whatever. Whoa, just, if you just look that energy that you are expending on the distraction, then goes to the real problem and it solves because you were present to it. There is a mystery that I, and that is the best word that I can use to describe how incredibly powerful change can happen quickly. Should you just choose to be present to the real issue, the real problem? You may think that it's your brand color, or you may think that it's because you didn't send an, enough emails of why no one showed up in the room. You didn't get enough butts in seats. But if we were to look at the real problem, it could very very well be that the event that no one showed up for didn't resonate. It wasn't something that was in alignment with the people who we are trying to serve. So if you're like, does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I mean, I've done this for years as I've tried different events in different ways. Like I totally get it when an event doesn't resonate. And fundamentally, I would say it wasn't really, it, it was me doing too much, too many mental gymnastics and emotional contortionists 
moves and spending too much psychic energy that was the real problem in it all. And I love how the Reiki principles are really all about being present. Like I will not be angry for today because when we're anxious or depressed or, you know, worried and all those things, we're very often ruminating about the past or projecting into the future. And we're not really just present in the moment. The other piece of what you said earlier that I want to expand upon is your audit taking an inventory of how you feel versus what you think <laughs> or what the data points are. Not the data points maybe aren't part of it, but I really want to talk about that feeling part of the inventory. Oh my goodness. And I'm like, the, oh, this is why I love you. Yeah, <laughs> this is why I love you. You ask the best questions and you connect uh, so deeply. So I'm a firm believer that what matters most is how you feel. Was it uh, Maya Angelou said, people don't remember what you said. People won't remember what you did. They're going to remember how you made them feel. And that's not just people on the outside and you're doing that, but it's also you on the inside as well. You're going to remember, you're not going to remember what you said or what you did. You're going to remember how you felt. And so for for me feeling taps into another layer of wisdom that i believe is firmly in every single human being and that is somatic wisdom our somatic wisdom our ability to instinctually tell hot cold good bad right left right our ability to get our bearings from our sensory, right, our somatic experience of our lives around us. And so much of business now and, and leadership now is disembodied, the kind of cuts off our inner compass that is magnetized to true north. And when we tap into feeling, nobody can tell you how to feel in truth. It's just, you can't do it. You can't do it. That is the ultimate subjective authority is your somatic wisdom, your own feelings, right? Your, your interpretation of how you feel. And so when I'm working with people around what that like mantra, I swear every day I say it like at least a hundred times of what matters most is how you feel because when we're making decisions, there's another part of our brains and our bodies that comes online when we include the feeling mind in the decision making and trusting that, bringing that back online, giving it a seat at the table, right? Alongside the CEO as a decision maker ensures that we're making decisions that are aligned to our true north or our company's true north or so that all of our team members are making their own true north decisions and communicating from a clear state of alignment as opposed to, um, like we were saying earlier, allowing the winds to blow you whichever way and turning into something that you didn't even want to be in the first. Right, right. Well, and to me, burnout is fundamentally betrayal of your somatic system. That, you know, your body, by the time you end up in burnout, your body's been screaming no to you for a long time. And you haven't either been able to listen or had the awareness to listen or thought you had the freedom to pay attention to that or thought that even that conversation mattered, you know, and I think so many industries and in so many parts of our world tell us how we're, we're supposed to feel like they absolutely try to do that. And I know I have, that's the conversation I had with my mother a million times growing up. I would say, I feel fill in the blank. And she would say, no, that's not true. <laughs> 
but it really, like, it's hilarious now when I think about it, but it wasn't like hilarious at the time. And, but we, you know, we get that from many, you know, we get bombarded with that, that really finding your inner voice and the, the word in the research for all of that, that I love is interoception, that it's the, like your visceral sensations and how your body is, you know, what's, what's happening within your body and how it, how it syncs up and the interoception research is phenomenal, but that, but at the end of the day, burnout is just a betrayal of your somatic. You've been betrayed. You've been getting the somatic signals and not attending to them. Mm-hmm. I agree a thousand percent. And it's interesting in the practice of Reiki, you have to, in order to practice Reiki, you have to work your somatic sense. Um, there's in the teaching of um, sending Reiki energy, they see it, say it, feel it. It's a triad. You have to see um, the sigil that was drawn. You say the name of it three times, and then you feel the transmission of the energy. And there is a physical sense of movement. There is a physically palpable sensation and relationship that we have with the energy. And anyone who's a Reiki practitioner understands this, or anyone who is also a body worker, there is when you connect to the body, right, um, at you know, touching with like, how do you say, like a nickel's amount of touch, mm-hmm. um, tuning in maybe in a biodynamic craniosacral therapy, like into the tides of the body. You, there is a learning of how to listen at a somatic level that is that it, it like you, it's required for the practice. And as we tune into listening at that deep level, how you do anything is how you do everything, right? So if you're opening up to listening at finer levels, you're able to open up to listening at finer levels, right? In other areas as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And I'll just tell you in the, in the research on healers that what's happening inside of the healer's body is actually what drives the patient outcomes more than anything. And a lot of this research is done with, or I don't say a lot, a lot of it, but it, like certainly some of it is done with Reiki masters and Chinese medicine healers because they're able to get their brainwaves into certain states faster than others. But your vision, your intention is so incredibly important. And I would extend that to business owners and leaders that your, you know, what your, what's happening inside of your body is, or what's happening outside is just a reflection of what's inside your body. And when you can get things more organized inside your body, more coherent and synchronized and whatnot, then things start to show up differently outside as well. And learning the language of your own interoception in your own way and not in a way that somebody else told you you had to learn it. I think is really fundamental because you have your own language with your own body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The practice of cultivating your own coherence. I mean, I, I know that that has been coming up for me personally in my own, well, yeah, personal as well as professional journey within the last two years of how can I clearly communicate? right? In relationships, in my marketing, how can I clearly communicate what I value and the value of this thing? The better I cultivate my own coherence, the more outwardly coherent relationships, right? Harmonious relationships, Mm -hmm. 
rewarded that I'm reflected. Thank you. My spirit guides just correct, corrected me as a move away from a rewards paradigm and move into a reflection paradigm. So I'm reflected with more um, aligned, peaceful, and clear relationships and communication when I am coming from a state of personal coherence as well as in my marketing, right? And when I have, when I choose words that resonate in the language that is the native language of my person, when I choose words that they would use, that registers as coherence for them as mm-hmm. opposed to jargonizing or using the, let's say the words of my teacher for this, my teacher for this, or the book, the book that I read on this and all these things that I studied over here, etc. When I can speak in the language of my person, it registers as coherence and magnetizes them to me. I could be standing in the same spot wearing the same dangly earrings <laughs> and being the same person. But when I align with um, becoming coherent myself, as well as learning the language of my people and what they interpret as coherence, I don't have to, um, how do you say, move to a bigger platform move to a bigger office, move to fancier photos or anything like that. It's it's instead about resonance and harmonizing with with my person as opposed to grabbing, smacking. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I could not agree, agree more about that. So the last thing I want to touch on, uh, and it's something that I just absolutely love about you is your relationship with your spirit guides. Because I, you know, as I've let my own intuitive skills out of the closet and talked more about them, the reaction that I get from clients and patients more often than not is me too, or, oh, I experience my intuition or my spirit guides in this way. And that, you know, and I treat the doctors that have the reputation for getting all the cancer every time they do surgery, because they have a relationship with the unseen or spirit, or they at least know they get into a zone when they're in surgery and that there's something bigger than them happening. That's a huge part of their success, but they won't talk about it with anyone and they won't come on my podcast to talk about it either. <laughs> because they're too afraid. <laughs> but I think, that, but that's such a, that belief system is, I feel like it's something that everybody has a version of and that nobody talks about. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Out and proud. <laughs> <laughs> closet baby this is so it's true though and listen I get a lot of rejection even though I'm out and proud I choose I choose to continue to reveal consciously each time I choose to celebrate um, this as a gift and as a universal gift that's why I wrote my first book natural intuition now because it's natural it's entirely normal and natural right If my cat, my tuxedo cat knew whenever a thunderstorm was coming, she would walk into the basement and sit underneath a particular table. You could tell the weather based off of her intuitively walking and sitting underneath the table. And and like it was, if it was a bad one, like she would go and sit under that table. Like if my cat has an intuition, I must, I'm a human being. (laughs) 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and what I love, well, and, and tell me this because what I, because the second half of your bio that I didn't read when I introduced you at the beginning says that applying her own energy system, Sensei Whitfield has not only four times her business, but has also shifted her energy to make in one day what she used to make in one year and regularly shows others how to do the same. And speak to that, that as you, I'm curious about the relationship of you being out and proud about your spirit guides and generating the that income shift. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. The two are inextricably tied. How do you say? Um, inseparably tied. The two go very deeply together. And when I show other people how to do the same, it depends on their intuition as well. So, and that like I've forexed several times and I've made in a day what I used to make in a year several times like it I've done it more than once each of those um but you know bios are always evolving but anyway like this yeah so my spirit guides are telling me to cite the book the science of getting rich by Wallace D Waddles right now because in that book he builds over the course of the book a theorem and it and it increases like in specificity at the end of every single chapter. And one thing that he repeats throughout the entire book is the importance of doing things in a certain way. And he like, he takes that pun to the like thousands level. (laughs) He dives deep into this idea of what is certainty. And so for, for me, when I think about my relationship with my spirit guides and side note, my dad's a pastor, right? I grew up Baptist, evangelical, Christian, all of that. So like, I have plenty of people who think what I'm doing is of the devil and plenty of people who in church speak totally understand yet at the same time it's very interesting Mm -hmm. yes yes I totally get that (laughs) yeah yeah so the doing things in a certain way so certainty for me comes from my intuitive connection right to my somatic wisdom of how I feel if I feel that this is right And I know that I know that I know that I'm headed in the right direction, that I can feel down to my bones or like the, the, how do you say, the hair on the back of my neck Mm -hmm. standing up in resonance. When I take an action from that state of certainty, it's going to be different than, and don't get me wrong, this guy's my teacher, doing like a Tony Robbins pump up priming exercise version of certainty of like, I follow through all of the tactical levels of how to flood my body with oxygen, right? And to get my blood pumping and all these types of things of getting into a state, right? Uh, A la Tony Robbins, that level of certainty I had to generate. Whereas when it comes from somatic wisdom, there is some, it's almost as if I'm carried by certainty, a level of confidence that comes perhaps even from a cellular level. So for me, my relationship with my spirit guides is a palpable sensation that is irresistible. Like it drives me in certain aligned directions. So when I make a decision from that certain state, right, of feeling deeply aligned and deeply resonant and like I'm deeply of purpose or I I know that I know that I know that I'm right. People could be pointing in one direction saying that's north and I'm like, no, I'm the compass. You're pointing west. I'm the compass. Like there's a level of certainty that comes with 
understanding one's intuition and bringing that in. So when you take actions and do them in a certain way, as Wallace Waddles would say, there is a power, but then there's force that really comes behind the types of actions that, that you take in a certain way. When you have that force of nature behind you, there's been times when I've said things that I didn't even know why I was saying them, but they resonated so intensely with the person who I was there to serve by divine alignment. Who knows how the heck that happened, right? Nature, nature is brilliant. It resonated so deeply and spoke to them at a level that I, not in a million years, could I have cognitively accessed. But in the something that I call the communal mind, that there was a link in this transpersonal neural network that came online and they heard what they needed to hear. And I was in alignment with saying what needed to say. And because of that, that had massive impact rather than me efforting my way into generating certainty or trying to get confident when when we have a when I have or put on me when I have a connection to my spirit guys but I believe everybody does and I'm in the business um emotionally as well as professionally of showing people how to uh, realize the truth but when when we have when I have a relationship with my spirit guides in that way I become more of a force of nature it's almost as if I'm the voice inside a person's head outside of them speaking to them that like to to resonate at that level involves feeling deeply and openly and I believe that when more good people call upon their natural birthright to do this more good can happen in the world because it lands it 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 lands it connects yes I and I amen (laughs) to all of that I'll just let's end this uh uh, what I love that you said is let that cellular certainty carry you amen Mm -hmm. Sensei Victoria, thank you so much for joining me today. And we're we're definitely going to do this again because it's just too much fun. (laughs) We're going to just have the Melanie and Victoria show. Sister, you know, there's there's something about whatever we speak, Melody. I, I swear, side by side, there's like so much power and wisdom. I never know what's going to come through us, and every time it's amazing. And I yes, <laughs> Victoria, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. Absolutely. So, especially with us talking about all of their like this natural intuitive development and all kinds of things, sure, you can definitely uh, go on to Amazon and type in Sensei Victoria Whitfield there, get my book, Natural Intuition. Now, if you're more about like you want to read more about this, it's a quick read, it's very um, tactical, even though we were talking about the esoteric. And I recommend immersion. And every Thursday night, I do a specific form of meditation called strategic meditation that helps people really immerse into their intuitive selves. And you can find out more about that and sign up for the next one at victoriawhitfield.com forward slash meditate. So come meditate with me at victoriawhitfield.com forward slash meditate and would love uh, to get to see you all, everyone who's listening or viewing uh, in, love to see you open up to your natural intuition. Well, this has been so fantastic. Thank you so much. My pleasure.
Thank you for listening to the Fearless Presence Podcast. Text FEARLESS to 411-321 to take your first step into Fearless Presence. For international numbers and more information, including my free playbook, Six Steps to Fearless Presence, go to fearlesspresence.com. Be sure to subscribe for more inspiring stories and information to help you step into your fearless presence.